This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 9.04. The fog should have burned off by now. And at the airport, 56 degrees and visibility fairly clear, 10-mile visibility, mostly sunny today, a high in the mid-70s. Maybe a chance of showers moving back in, slight chance on the overnight. Shenango County authorities say no arrests have been made after a man acting suspiciously caused the Green Elementary School campus to be locked down yesterday afternoon. An incident was reported at a home near the school grounds on Julian Street at around 3 p.m. A notice was posted on the Green Central School District website informing residents that in an abundance of caution, the lock-in safety procedure was initiated in reaction to officials being made aware of an incident involving law enforcement at a residence near the elementary campus. The reported incident did not happen on school property and no students, staff, or faculty were in harm's way, according to the message from District Superintendent Timothy Callis. Some parents who showed up to pick up their children at the end of the school day were turned around until officials had cleared the scene. And athletic teams that practiced at the elementary campus were brought inside. Shenango County Emergency Services officials this morning said the incident involved a man who lived at the home near the school entrance, but the incident was resolved without injury and there was no one taken into custody. There was no information available as to what suspicious activity on the part of that individual caused the response of law enforcement and the subsequent lock-in of the school campus. The Broome County Executive is using a big development that is currently underway at what had been a big eyesore for a long time in Johnson City as his backdrop for this year's budget address. Executive Jason Garner is expected to highlight progress in revitalizing blighted areas as well as continued efforts to recover from the economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. During his 6 p.m. speech at the former Endicott Johnson Shoe Factory building at 59 Lester Avenue, the address is also expected to continue a focus on infrastructure spending, as has been a highlight in the past ledgers presented by the Port Dickinson Democrat. Last year's $409 million budget also contained a slight reduction in property taxes for a fourth year in spite of continued expenses linked to the pandemic. After the executive gives his address, the budget plan will be posted online. The Broome County Legislature will begin its review and public hearings will be scheduled. WMBF News Time 907. A Binghamton woman will serve three and a half years in New York State Prison for trying to set a unit at the town and country apartments on fire. 58-year-old Loretta Washington, also known as Loretta Holmes, admitted she set fire to a doormat outside of an apartment at the Robert Street Binghamton apartment complex following an argument with people inside the unit. According to a news release from the Broome County District Attorney's Office, the fire was quickly put out and there were no injuries. Washington Holmes pleaded guilty to felony attempted arson. The incident was reported October 4th at that apartment unit complex on Robert Street on the north side. WMBF First News Time 907. A former Broome County Corrections officer will be on probation after admitting he allowed contraband to get into the county jail. News Channel 34 reports Sammy Davis Jr. pleaded guilty in June. 
in exchange for a sentence of five years on probation. A Sheriff's Department news release announced the former jail guard's arrest on September 8th last year when Davis was charged along with two others. In March, pretrial hearings that were scheduled in Broome County Court were adjourned with no future court date immediately scheduled, according to the Broome County District Attorney's Office that week. It's not clear when the new court appearance for June had been scheduled. Davis had been arrested following an investigation into methamphetamine, Adderall pills, Suboxone, tobacco, matches, a lighter, and jewelry that had been smuggled into the lockup in the town of Dickinson. Also arrested in the contraband investigation were 34-year-old Scott McLean of Binghamton and 22-year-old Catherine Buckley of Binghamton. All at the time were charged with promoting prison contraband, criminal possession of a controlled substance, and conspiracy. According to the report on Channel 34, Davis pleaded guilty to a bribery count and admitted that while he was working as a guard at the Broome County Jail, two inmates approached him concerning a package. Davis admitted agreeing to bring the package into the correctional facility. That package ended up containing the prohibited items. There's no update given on the status of those cases concerning McLean and Buckley. In information provided by the sheriff's office, the arrest had followed a long-term investigation into contraband items, including drugs, being smuggled into the county jail. WMBF News Time 909. You watch. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, mostly sunny today, a high in the mid-70s. Tonight, partly cloudy, a slight chance of showers, low in the upper 40s. Thursday, sunny, a high in the mid to upper 60s. Friday, sunny, a high in the low to mid 70s. Saturday, starting off with fog in the morning. Otherwise, mostly sunny and a high in the low 80s. And Sunday, mostly sunny, a high in the low to mid 80s. Currently, it is 56 in Binghamton. It's 11 past 9, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. I'm Bob Joseph. This is how it begins. Wednesday morning, September 14th, 2022. It's live, it's local, and it's your program. As people have said, I am not really the host. I am essentially a facilitator for a community conversation. 607-772-1290. You have things that need to be said, questions that's must be posed that is your number it's a full service hotline 607-772-1290 where a real person will answer your call it's almost a miracle almost a miracle but it is just simply radio the way it ought to be. And I bid you a great Wednesday, mid-September, now underway, and what a lovely morning across our Twin Cheers. Okay, let's see what uh, might be going on. Inflation in the nation. It's got us all down, I admit. 
I am like you. I can't believe every time I go to the store and see the outrageous prices. Those prices are outrageous. The only thing... The only thing good is gas prices, at least for the moment, are trending downward, so that's a thing. And I want to thank uh, Kamala for doing that. If, it was, if not for the work, the valuable work of Vice President Kamala Harris, as she uh, uses her global influence to help suppress energy prices, at least at the pump. As far as... Um, Things like electricity or natural gas, um, what can I say? Good luck with that. Hope you don't live in any place that needs to be heated this winter, because if you have a home or a business or a shack that requires heating, uh, that's not going to be good. That's all I can say. It's not going to be good. You're By next spring... You may have no money left looking at current trends. The heating costs for the upcoming winter, astronomical, record-setting. So I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but just a heads up, if you have uh, a big pile of money hidden away someplace, I would advise you to uh, get another one because... Your big pile of money that you thought you were going to have is probably going to be gone by St. Patrick's Day because of high heating costs, no matter how you heat. Well, unless it's solar, if you have a solar thing. How many people have a solar thing? So, uh, what else is going on? Oh, as far as the inflation in the nation... Yes, the truth is the Tuesday inflation report did disappoint some people, and it was higher than expectations. And see, that's what happens with the stock market. They play the expectation game. And, well, that's the way it works with the global markets. It comes down to expectations. And so, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And, you know, if you try to figure out what's going to happen with the stock market, don't even bother. Don't waste your time on trying to figure out the stock market because your best efforts will be wrecked by algorithms. And a lot of the trading Tuesday probably was driven by computer algorithms. And so we had a disappointing day. A disappointing day in terms of the markets. Well, you know, that's how the markets are, especially these days. They they never markets never were that predictable to begin with, but now with algorithms and who knows what really goes on. You know, talk about rigged. You know, somebody wants to do a public service instead of claiming the election was rigged. Talk about Wall Street. Am I right, people? All right, let's take a call right now, 607-772-1290. Follow that bouncing ball. Gary from Binghamton's West Side. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Hey, I wanted to make a uh, comment first before I uh, talk about what I wanted to talk about. But one of your callers yesterday called in and said that uh, she was worried about her uh, 
health insurance because uh, the uh, the rising prices and how it might affect her getting to and from the doctor. Well, I'm pretty sure that Broome County has a program that uh, if she would qualify, she'd probably have to fill out some forms and stuff to get into the program, and uh, they would take you to uh, your doctor for you. I know they have the vans that go around. Yeah, what about and, Tioga uh, County? Well, I don't know anything about Tioga Yeah, County. Uh, I think our listeners in Tioga County or Susquehanna County, Susquehanna County would be uh, sadly out of luck. But I think you're right about Broome County. I think I think Broome may yeah, have so she could that use problem. that. Yeah. If she could just contact them. So I wanted to uh, – I heard a rumor that uh, – WNBF is not going to be having a men's or women's college basketball over the radio airwaves. Is that a true? Was that true? Or? Well, you know, I just work here, so how would I know? But I can uh, unofficially, unofficially, and remember, yeah. I am not, I am nothing. I am nothing, just a facilitator. But I can tell you unofficially, just between you and me, and don't spread yeah. this around, I think that yeah. uh, that report that has been circulating, I think that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah, but again, okay. I don't represent the station. I'm just another cog in well, the wheel. Would James like to come in and comment? I don't think he's allowed to comment. We, we're part oh, of a okay. we're part of a corporate entity, like all corporate entities. Do you think you think I or James or anyone is authorized to comment about anything? I I think not. No, I don't. I mean, so we. Hey, I could I could say lots of things about lots of things, but then. I no longer would have a radio program, and you know, but people would say, "Gee, that those final three minutes of the program, he revealed a lot." And then people say, "Yeah, but it's too bad now. Now all we have is red eye radio." So, is, is that your plan when you decide to retire? You're going to have your final show. It's just going to be everything that you know and just spill it all out. No, I'm saving it for my book. Uh, you saving? <laughs> well, no. I mean, uh, I would after you become I, mayor, you're going to write a book. I may. I may. Speaking of that, you know, sometimes sometimes I think I joke about it, but you live in Binghamton. You live on the west side. So here's my question to you. Do you think, again, I know it's a lot of pressure because you're on a program hosted by a particular facilitator, but just between you and me again, just two of us talking, do you think I could be a good mayor if I applied myself? Uh, I think anybody could be a good mayor if that applied themselves. And so the answer to that would be yes, I do think you could be a good mayor, yes. I would be a a mayor for the people, and I would not be partisan. I, may, I, I think mean, you're fair, Bob. That's what I think about you. I think you're fair. You've got to take it from both sides. You've got to take it from the left. You've got to take it from the right. And you get criticized quite a bit, and may I add, without facts. Which is very difficult because if somebody's putting you down and they have no facts, you know, that's difficult to take. And you take it pretty good. So you've got to take that as a politician, too. You've got to be able to take criticism. So you pass that grade. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there. sometimes better than others. I mean, I'll be the first to concede. Sometimes if and, – and look, I'm only human. So I, I, I think the, the reality is um, – you know, sometimes if people bring up something, and I, I think it's uninformed uh, commentary or criticism or whatever, sometimes my instinctive reaction is um, a little 
a little harsh, but it's live radio. So sometimes I'll, I'll concede, you know, even people who are, are simply making an observation, sometimes I'll, I'll um, wind up saying, well, that's not the case at all. But, you know, most of the time I do try to take the comments and the thoughts and the complaints um, as, as trying to be helpful. Because I, I understand, first of all, because of the nature of this radio station, because station was here a long time before I arrived in Binghamton, and hopefully it'll be around for a long time to come, so I am not the station. I, I've had the privilege of being here for a long time, but I understand that people do, even even just as listeners, feel that it's part of their family. So they, they do have every right to comment and sometimes criticize but but so i just wanted to acknowledge sometimes somebody says something that i don't take to be uh positive hey i'm just human so i try you know i i admit sometimes uh i always try to temper my response or, or try to provide a response that gives some context or some information to explain why certain things happen well, you do it well. You take it pretty good because I know myself I would not be able to take that type of criticism, you know. But, you know, as far – and I don't think with all of the experience that you have uh, interviewing politicians, I don't think that you would want to become a politician because you know the downfalls of it. I know. And how difficult it can be. I know. And, I'm, and, and I try also to keep that – into some context when I'm making observations about people in office, whether they're local, state, or federal office holders. I know sometimes people think, wow, you're, you're hypercritical, and maybe some days I am. But I, I also, even for people that sometimes do things that are, in my view, inexplicable, I also try to take a deep breath, especially after a five-minute rant, and say, well, they're only human. They're only human, and I, I can't imagine anyone being in any office who isn't going to make some mistakes. If you don't make mistakes, that oh, means you're not, not planning sure. to do anything. Right. Yeah, and it's just so difficult to please everyone. You, you know, you can't please everyone, so you have to go into it with that mindset, and that's, that's tough. You know, and then, of course... You need, you know, uh, you got the people that got you there. You want to help them, pay them back, whatever it's called. And, you know, you, you work that line, too. So, you know, that's difficult because that may not always go with what you believe, but you feel you have to do it because some people helped you get to where you are now. So, yeah. Well, again, it's, it's complicated. Yeah. Every, even the simplest endeavor that we're involved in is more complicated than than you might expect at first glance. Appreciate your call, and as as always, I mean... And Roger Neal. Yes. out of a job now. <laughs> well, I, I will you say this. Say, my, right. my expectation is you will still hear Roger Neal on the station occasionally. I mean, obviously, now that he's officially retired, you're not going to hear him uh, lots and lots, and... and Going forward, you may not hear the basketball broadcasts that uh, have been part of this station for so long. But um, oh, yeah. Roger Neal is still part of the family. So, and by the way, he's also really happy in retirement. I have, I have lots 
of conversations with Roger Neal. So I retirement I, is great. It, it really is for it, yeah. people out there. Most of your listeners, you know, they're all retired. It's a wonderful thing. It well, is. and I hope I live as long to as you see can keep your health. Well, and that's the thing. I hope I live to see the day of of retirement where I can relax and travel and enjoy some of what I, I think I've earned. Uh, now isn't the time, and I don't know when the time will be. As Roger Neal said when he announced his decision to retire, the time was right. And, and he does miss. He misses WNBF. But he also sure. really enjoys retirement, and he is embracing it, and I believe he has no regrets. I wish him the best in retirement. You're a great man, and uh, that's it. Thank I you, sir. Good luck, too, Bob. You're welcome. Appreciate it. It's 926 at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. More calls coming up at 607 772 1290. News Radio. Providing you with the best solutions of your lifetime. The KSO Insurance Weekly Spotlight with Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio 1290 WNBF. At 926, the following is a live segment. Nothing has been rehearsed, nothing has been scripted. It's all totally live. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. Wow. The pressure's on. Not really. No, but I think when I think about these segments, I think these segments are so special because in the media landscape of 2022, very, very little is unlive and or is unlive. See, we could edit that out if this was recorded. Very little is live and spontaneous, and and I have to say. Whether whether it's radio or TV or special events, I mean, even music concerts. So much uh, in popular music now involves recorded and and uh, sampled things, bits. So you don't even know if, say, a, a popular artist, if he or she is actually singing or performing, even though it sure looks that way. They could be lip syncing most. Lip syncing, yeah. right? I always found that odd. Yeah. I find I it odd, it. too. I mean, you know, Millie Vanilli had a big scandal when it was revealed that they had been lip-syncing. And now it's it's so commonplace. You know, if Millie Vanilli was an act in 2022, nobody would nobody would yeah, say right. anything about it. So, That's right. Anyway. Anyway, you've got some important advice for us, as always, on Wednesday mornings. So please, educate me. All right, I shall. So we know that all-important time's coming up, Bob, October 15th to December 7th. That's the annual enrollment period for people that are on Medicare, and that's about uh, millions of people, okay? So it's very important that if you're on Medicare that you pay attention to a couple things. The first thing is that if you're in a Medicare Advantage plan, and those are the plans that you see you know, on TV that are um, being advertised with Joe Namath and J.J. Walker and Captain Kirk and zero premium and you might be able to get money back in your zip code and all of these kinds of things. If you're in one of those Medicare Advantage plans, and they're very popular and they're very good, 
uh, depending on your situation, then you want to make sure that you pay attention to anything that that plan sends you by the end of September because they are required, whether it's Excellus or AARP or Humana or, you know, any of the private insurance companies that are offering this, these plans are required to send you, if you have one of these plans, your annual notice of change. Also goes for prescription drug coverage. So why is that important? It's important because <laughs> they're telling you if you had, let's say, an Excellus PPO essential plan and next year you keep that same plan, here are the changes that are going to take effect. And it's not optional. It's what's going to happen. So you want to make sure that you like the changes and that you want to be aware of the fact that if you have a prescription drug uh, company that's increasing your premium by 20 bucks a month, you want to know that and then you want to shop that. Or if you have a prescription medication that they took off their formulary, you want to know that too. Now, a lot of the benefits, Bob, are actually very good. They increase benefits, but they're not all good. So you really need to pay attention to the annual notice of change. And if you're not sure if you have one, then, of course, that's part of the consultation that we do for people that have Medicare um, Advantage or Medicare supplement plans or prescription drug plans. We tell you what you have. And then we show you what the differences are going to be moving forward. Also, Bob, with the Inflation Reduction Act, okay, which doesn't seem to be happening in the market uh, yesterday. Ouch. But anyway, with the IRA, there's a couple changes that are going to take place in 2024. And one of the big changes is that um, the skyrocketing cost of insulin is going to be capped at $35 per month. That's a very, very big deal because insulin can be extremely expensive. The other thing is that um, the uh, oh, vaccines, I couldn't think of the word, the vaccines, yes, live, live right here. Oh, radio. yeah. Well, that's yes. fine. <laughs> Starting this In January. fact, by the way, I interject <laughs> to further Michelle, derail ask. your train of thought, but, no, but I, I've had a conversation with someone over the last few days, and I, I, my I maintained, and this was in a non, non-radio context, but it was in, in the context of something involving um, a live event and public speaking, I maintain that it's actually these days preferable to occasionally give the illusion of confusion or, or a little bit of chaos just in a, a presentation. Because if things are so slick and so smooth and, and problem free people start getting too comfortable and before you know it they're like oh yeah well they're going to say this and then they're going to say that and then it's the next thing and before you know it they doze off and they miss the whole point whereas if you occasionally insert i'm not saying like have the whole thing go straight down the tubes but if you insert (laughs) a little bit of something like yeah well i thought you were doing that oh no you can do that and and I say that's great because then people start to sit up in their seats and take notice, and they're starting to pay closer attention. There, continue your thought, if you can remember. Well, 
you know, that's a good point. I was, I was, you know, finding the point in there, and then, and I agree with what you're saying because if everything is so scripted and you're reading something and you're going through all that, people do lose interest because it's kind of a monotone situation. So, certainly, we don't have that here, Bob. So, no, um, and we don't is, want it. You know, there, no, there are no. there are elements at work, and I won't name them on the air. There are elements okay. at work no, that ahead. would like like to turn the thing into a robotic predictable program and it ain't gonna happen on my watch well good i'm glad to hear that that would be pretty boring yeah i would you're, be bored. you're anything but that thank you well you're welcome so one of the other big changes bob january 1st 2024 with this new reduction act is that all people on medicare their vaccinations will be free and including the all-expensive shingles vaccine, which is upwards of about $300 as a copay for people on Medicare. So, I mean, that's huge because now there will be no copays for any vaccinations January 1st, 2023. And then there's changes going on down the line, which we'll talk about, but they're, you know, 2024 and 2025, and I don't think we need to, I think people need to concentrate on what's going on now because that's something that, you know, affects them immediately. And that's what's important. Because who knows what's going to happen in 2024 and 2025. And, and by the way, you don't want to know. I, I've seen a preview mm-hmm. and you don't want to know. So focus on, focus on the important things now. In 2024 and 2025, those, those emergencies will be dealt with when we get to them. Let's hope so. You know, and we're <laughs> here to save people bunny. And like you were saying earlier in your show, you know, it's going to be quite, uh, it, it could be a very tough winter. So anywhere you can cap your spending, do it. You know, so look into the annual enrollment period. I can't stress it enough. You can save a lot of money or you can spend a lot of money that you didn't need to spend. And you might need to put that aside for something else. So, you know, give us a call. We're setting up appointments already because, as you know, Bob, we get very busy. October 15th to December 7th, we're busy anyway. However, if you're turning 65 before then, don't hesitate. you got to get in there. You know, you got to come in, and we have to figure out what your situation is, and then we can help you either plan for retirement or say, mm, maybe you should work another couple years. And, you know, depending on what your situation is in the market, you know, we would certainly recommend going to a couple of the financial advisors uh, that we work with. So all important just to, you know, pay attention and, you know, save your money wherever you can. Exactly. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? They can do it several ways. They can give us a buzz at 607-772. Forty-eight ninety-eight. Uh, they can Google us, Bob, at KSO Insurance, and all of our contact information comes up. We're right up on the Parkway, 1708 Vestal Parkway East, up above Plato's Closet and Style Encore. And they could always look at a phone book, and we have a big display ad under insurance. Karen Sweet O'Neill, always a pleasure. I'll look forward to speaking with you again in a few days. Very good. Thanks so much, Bob. Take care. Mm-hmm. You too. 9.36, live and local. This is Bob Joseph with you on News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always 
always on your phone with the WNBF app. You want. Mr. Nice Guy. Brenda from the Forks, good morning. You're on the air. Yeah, listen, Bob, I love that song. Who sings that? Alice Cooper. Yeah, and he's going to be at the arena tonight. (laughs) I'm looking forward to seeing her. I haven't seen her in quite a while, and uh, I was going to do an interview with her, and then I thought, well, why bother? Because... She she has all the attention she needs. The first time that she wanted to play at the arena, back I think in 1973, the arena board of directors would not allow Alice Cooper to come. They they thought she was too controversial. I'm thinking like, yeah, compared to what? But anyway, Alice Cooper in town. Uh, I saw her yeah. bus. I saw her bus. I drove past Alice Cooper's bus on my way in. When? Oh, today? Yeah, really? this morning. Well, I mean, where at? I'm not going to say where at. That's a security <laughs> issue. I'll just say this. I believe it's her bus. I believe it's her anyway. bus. It didn't say this bus is for Alice Cooper, but I know what buses that are used by rock legends, uh, I know right. what they look I like, so. and I, 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 I saw so. a couple of them, and well, trust me, it it wasn't Drake's bus. It was Alice Cooper's bus. Anyway, there's a couple other good songs that I like. School's Out for Summer, and then I'm 18 and I like it. That's a good one. Oh. That's a, that's, uh, you know, I'm uh, 18, 18. <laughs> and, and I can't I can't guarantee anything in life, but I, if I were you, I would stay tuned till noon because that, my friend, is one yeah. of Alice Cooper's best. Anyway, are you going to go, Bob? I'm going. I, no, no. I, I, I have, uh, believe it or not, this is true, I have a meeting. Well, you could probably sit outside and hear him. I hope he cries. Yeah, unfortunately, I have a meeting. <laughs> this, is, this is something I'm looking forward to. I don't run meetings very much, but I have a meeting tonight that I have to run. And if I'm not there, the meeting isn't going to happen. So that would be nice, you know, put put out a late notice at about 4.30 this afternoon. Yeah, the meeting we were going to have tonight, uh, that's been postponed because of scheduling conflicts. Then people uh, get pictures of me at Alice Cooper's concert at the arena, and that'll go over well. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's like, you, you put you put your seen... entertainment ahead of our meeting. Yeah, I've never seen Alice Cooper before, but he's really, really good. I like him a yeah. lot. I love rock. Yeah, well, I love music. I I'm glad, have, so. glad Alice Cooper is being welcomed into Binghamton this time instead of being banned. I wonder how old he is now. He's got to be getting up there. See, I'm he's thinking what? 70-something. Uh, yeah. 
I don't know if it's about 73, I'm thinking. Yeah, the last concert I saw at the arena was Steven Tyler, and and he is great. Just awesome. Nobody can sing like him. Actually, I just looked up. Alice Cooper now is 74. Alice Cooper will be 75 years old next February. Yeah. Well, anyway, God bless him. He's still in there. He still could sing. I'm looking forward to it tonight. Everybody get out there and go see him. Yeah, and if you have a chance, if you have a chance... Uh, tomorrow, would you call in and give uh, a concert yeah, I will, review? I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Like, I, I wish you would tell me where because listen, I ran into Paul Newman at Watkins Glen years ago, and I did meet him, and I met Kyle Petty, and I got his autograph. Wow! <laughs> uh, on a hat, and it's going nowhere. But I'll tell you what, I met him in person, and he is a wonderful man. He passed away. He said, "Everybody just wants my autographs. They want to sell them." Da da da. I said, "No." I want one because I want to show my family because they're not going to believe that I saw you. And what an awesome man. He races in a Porsche, or he did. And uh, just a wonderful man. He's very short, beautiful blue eyes. He's an actor. I mean, just a wonderful man, you know. So I'm going, I'd love to meet Alice Cooper today. <laughs> well, you may. You <laughs> never know. That, that would be nice. Uh, in fact, yeah. maybe maybe after the program, I'll go over near Alice Cooper's bus and just <laughs> hang out. And people will be like... Who is that stalkerish looking reporter? Yeah, but but wouldn't be funny. Wouldn't it be funny though if I just happened to be walking by, not actually staking it out, just walking by, and who should come out of the bus but Alice Cooper, and then we just have a conversation. And then I say, Well what what about this? After the show tonight, obviously you have to be back on the road right away. And what if Alice Cooper says, actually, no, we're going to stay overnight in Binghamton, but I was listening to your program this morning, and it was so compelling. Would you mind if I stopped by the studio Thursday morning during the first hour and took a few calls? Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, Bob. Well, anyway, yeah, I'll call in to let you know how that is. I just hope he doesn't get too annihilated today if he's here this morning. All right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's... I'm sure that he's going to behave responsibly ahead of his much-awaited concert at the arena. Dale from Binghamton, good morning. Uh, good morning, Bob. <clears throat> Alice Hooper from way back then, he's still kicking it, you know. Well, it's amazing. It's amazing how some rock icons who you know have, I'll put it this way, euphemistically, who you know have lived interesting lives. It's amazing yeah. how some of them are still doing so well into their I mid-70s. Know. You know, I, I, I couldn't even fathom that yet. I'll be turning 65 here in a couple of days. So. Well, congratulations. I'm just a kid. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's, a, that's an important milestone. Oh, yeah. And I, um, as far as the Medicare is concerned, that, that's what I wanted to talk to. Um, everybody about is uh, there's a program um, for actions for older people, and I talked to because uh, I had to <clears throat> figure out between the HMO and the PPO and and what's better for me. And the insurance companies are with Medicare; it's all one program actually. But if you if you call action for older people and uh there's people um john i spoke to and he knows exactly he's been doing it for years you know and uh it's not the insurance company it's, it's not medicare it's his opinion on your situation and uh instead of trying to 
call all these insurance companies and uh, crunch the numbers and this and that, um, they actually know what's best for your situation. All right. Well, that's that's important for many listeners. It, it sure is. And, uh, you know, I've, I've tried. I made a mistake getting the into a, the wrong insurance company. So now I have to change that insurance company before this certain period of time just to uh, fix that. But anyway, that's my situation. But uh, it's uh, it, they really help. And there's a program that goes on. It's called Home Instead. And they're um, about to lose their grant. And uh, what it does is help people stay in their homes or their apartments, you know, just by basic stuff that needs that you can't do anymore, you know, after you, you know, disabled or, or something like that. Just like vacuum floor. I mean, you're not going to push a vacuum right. with a, right. a four-wheeled walker and hang it on both the things and try to vacuum the floor. <laughs> this is one instance. But, um, right. Well, I appreciate it. running now. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll have to look into that, and maybe we'll we'll provide some um, additional. Office for the aging knows all about it. Okay. I, I found it, this out from uh, the people that, that help people around here. So. All right. Well, I appreciate the uh, information, and we'll, okay. we'll keep people posted on that. I appreciate it. It's 949 at News Radio WNBF. I appreciate everybody who calls us at 607-772-1290. We're here for you, for the entire community. Miller Motors is here for you and the entire community. Miller Motors, 4455 Vestal Parkway East in Vestal, directly across from Binghamton University, the Miller Auto Team, serving you Monday through Saturday. Yes, they take Sunday off to relax their families, and then look forward to a bright new week. Miller Motors open tonight till 6. If you're interested in getting information about new vehicle opportunities, Honda or Hyundai, just ask. Stop in. Ask. See what the story is. They may have some vehicles on their way now, a shiny new Honda or a shiny new Hyundai. Maybe on its way. To Route 434 for delivery before you know it. They'll tell you what's in the pipeline, what your options are. If you prefer a used vehicle, that's an option as well. And many people choose that during these challenging economic times. If you want to take a look at the used vehicle inventory, go to MillerAutoTeam.com. Miller Motors on the Parkway in Vestal. I'm Bob Joseph. It's 9.51. It's Wednesday morning, mid-September. What a beautiful day. Listening to News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Boat. News Radio 1290, WNBF. You used to call me on my. Call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. Call me 
772-1290. Use area code 607 to make that hotline. Ever since I left the city, you got a reputation for yourself now. Everybody knows and I feel left off. 9.55 at WNBF, serving America and the world from a little studio with a beautiful microphone and... A telephone unit that has multiple lines. So you are always welcome to call in and participate. We would like your participation. The more the merrier on this radio program. And I don't have a talking point. Let's see. Oh, someone had had an observation. Let me see. Of course, I believe this is a person who just listens from afar if it doesn't call in. So John from Windsor uh, sent a message, I believe, on our app. And thank you, John, for using the WNBF app. And thank you for listening. John from Windsor weighed in at 924 this morning, 32 minutes ago. Oh, no, please don't run for mayor. That would be bad for Binghamton, says John. Who lives in Windsor? Vaccination today and learn more at lung.org slash protect yourself. A message from the American Lung Association in collaboration. 10 o'clock, WNBF Binghamton. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 60 degrees at 10.04. Fairly comfortable 56 degrees for the dew point. Fair skies today, mostly sunny and a high in the low to mid-70s. An Otsego County man is accused of promoting child pornography. New York State Police say they arrested 56-year-old Francesco Cortetinuto of Skenevis after finding him in possession of images of child exploitation. New York State Police say Caratinuto is charged with felony promoting a sexual performance by a child and possessing a sexual performance by a child. Investigators say they found images consistent with child exploitation via the Internet at his property. Authorities say while they were at the man's home, they found what they say were other violations, but this involving animals. Troopers say they found seven adult dogs on Caratinudo's property that lacked adequate food, water, or shelter. The dogs were turned over to the care of the Otsego County SPCA. The discovery of the dogs has resulted in Caratinudo also being charged with New York agriculture and market law over driving, torturing, and injuring animals. That count is a misdemeanor. According to the news release from the New York State Police, Caratinudo was arraigned at Otsego County Central Arraignment and Processing. He was sent to the Otsego County Jail on $20,000 bail. New York State Police say they've arrested a Lincoln teen and a Moravia man for possessing numerous untraceable ghost guns and large-capacity ammunition-feeding devices. 19-year-old Alec Hollenbeck and 53-year-old Dwayne Hollenbeck are each charged with two felony counts of criminal possession of a weapon. According to a news release, the New York State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigation at Sydney arrested the pair after an investigation into illegal weapons. The teen was arrested on August 30th, arraigned and released on his own recognizance, while the elder Hollenbeck was arrested on September 7th. He was also released on his own recognizance. 
WMBF First News Time 1006. A Johnson City man is headed to prison for illegally possessing a gun. The Broome County District Attorney's Office says 23-year-old Mohammed Aziz has pleaded guilty to criminal possession of a weapon. New York State Police searched his home on Grand Avenue in the village last June and say they found cocaine, methamphetamine, and an illegal and loaded 9mm pistol. Aziz faces up to five years in New York State Prison when he's sentenced in December. The Broome County Health Department is reporting a relatively large increase in the number of people hospitalized due to COVID-19. That number now stands at 62. Previous hospitalizations have been averaging around 46. The county also reported three additional deaths since Friday, bringing Broome's pandemic total to 550. The number of new infections, however, has remained fairly steady with 54 new cases reported in the September 13th update. Health officials around the region continue to update residents on the importance of getting vaccinated and updated boosters to fight the COVID-19 pandemic with the continuing evolving variants of the coronavirus. New bivalent boosters have been available through the physician's offices and pharmacies and are now available at some county health department clinics. Broom is holding vaccination clinics, including the new bivalent boosters, on Thursdays from 1 to 3 p.m. at the health department located at 225 Front Street, Binghamton. Residents can register for available spots at www.gobroomcounty.com. Shenango County is hosting a bivalent booster clinic at the Broad Street United Methodist Church in Norwich on September 26 from 1 to 3 p.m. Registration is also required. You can go to co.shenango.ny.us. You can also call the Shenango County Health Department at 607-337-1660 if you need help registering or don't have a computer. The Moderna bivalent vaccine is authorized for those age 18 and older. The Pfizer bivalent is cleared for ages 12 and up. Fall Restaurant Week is underway again in the city of Binghamton. Diners have an opportunity to try new dishes or even new restaurants through Thursday, September 22nd at bargain prices. The Restaurant Week idea began in Binghamton in September 2010 as a way to highlight locally owned eateries and their culinary skills while raising money for local charities. The event has grown and now lists 15 locally owned Binghamton restaurants participating and offering lunch and dinner deals. The charity benefiting from the appetites of locals and visitors alike this time is literacy volunteers. According to Binghamton Restaurant Week organizers, funds will support the group's rebuilding and strengthening adult literacy education programs in Broome County. Dinner and lunch deals range from under $15 to $35 and typically includes three courses. Many times, select items on the menu for restaurants this week are new items not regularly offered to diners. Listings of restaurants and select menu items and prices can be found at EatBing.com. Since it was founded in 2010, Binghamton Restaurant Week has brought in more than $3.5 million in sales for participating restaurants. The event has raised over $150,000 in donations to the selected charity partners. WMBF News Time 1009. You are the WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, mostly sunny today, high in the mid to upper 70s. Tonight, partly cloudy, slight chance of showers, low in the upper 40s. Tomorrow, sunny, a high in the mid to upper 60s. Friday, sunny, a high in the low to mid 70s. Saturday, a little morning fog, mostly sunny, a high in the low 80s. And Sunday, sunny, a high in the low to mid 80s. Currently, it's 60 in Binghamton. It's 10-11, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. News Radio 
This is Bob Joseph. It's hour number two on a Wednesday morning on WNBF. WNBF, WNBF.com. She mentions there that they still have pay phones there, and it's a dollar a minute. And it's just ironic that a guy uh, who listens to the program uh, frequently just sent me an email during the news break, and he, he pointed out he found some phone booths. And now it's it's crazy, but I'm going to... He, he's going to tell me exactly where they are. It's not too far from here, and I'm going to go down this weekend and go take a look at some phone booths that are not far from here. So that's that's how my weekend is shaping up. He actually sent a couple of pictures of a, a couple of phone booths, and it looks like they still work. So I'm going to have a big weekend ahead of me. 607-772-1290 is our number. We'll be taking a few calls this hour. Uh, if you want to send an email, bob at wnbf.com. We're joined by the man himself. The person singularly responsible for Luma. Of course, it's not a singular effort. It's a team effort, and a lot of people over the years have worked to make Luma possible. Joshua Bernard is with us in the studio. Well, congratulations on another Luma event. Thank you, and I want to share that congratulations because it is true. It is we. <laughs> there is no one person or two people or even ten people singularly responsible. It's the Luma team. It's our production director, uh, Anna Warfield. It is um, the whole community that contributes. I mean, people, even people that are that work for the city and the county that are put out of their way. Um, even the folks that are inconvenienced by the road closures contribute. You know, or or you know, people for a few days they have to adjust their parking preferences exactly. for example when when there's an event at at the state street parking garage i'm glad now I, first before we go any further and i i mentioned on monday's program or tuesday's program i i didn't get to luma this year and i i always kick myself i i've been to every luma except this year and the first year but you know well, serves me right, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm counting down the days till next September, and I I promise that I will be at the 2023 Luma event. But um, I remember um, was it 2019 when there was uh, one of the uh, presentations in the garage. I loved that. Yeah, I enjoyed that, and I'm just glad that Binghamton has one parking structure that still remains that has that opportunity for something underground and by the way i you know the, the days are numbered for that parking garage you know they're eventually going to tear it down of course yeah so i what i'm concerned about though is eventually whether it's the next three to five years i don't think they have a timeline but my concern is that what they eventually replace that garage with may not have a lower level i hope it does because looking ahead i'm, I'm looking at the long-term picture for future luma events because i think having an occasional underground component is a nice thing so hopefully the city will take that into consideration when they plan the the new structure somewhere down the road it is but part of the fun is working with what's here you know it's it's finding the various 
buildings. It's fine if there are underground spots or those usable. And we don't want to use it over and over again because I know people are inconvenienced by it. But um, I do think it is cool to kind of mix things up and try different things. You notice we didn't use it last year. We did use it this year. And a lot of it has to do with the artist's imagination. So they, they visit. Uh, and one of the cool things is we use um, similar artists sometimes year over year, and they get to walk around and explore. And sometimes an artist will be here over the weekend, and they'll call me and say, Josh, is anyone projection map the facade of this church? And we go, no, not yet. And they get all excited, you know. Was there um, any specific location that you and some artists had really hoped to be able to use this year that you were not able to? Uh, anything that you looked and said, Oh, gee, that would be great. And then for whatever reason, logistics or other issues, you were unable to use uh, a, a possible location this year. For the most part, not. And, and I have to really credit the city and the county with really going out of their way to make sure that we can um, really utilize the structures that the artists are looking to utilize and be really flexible with um, with, with the various sort of infrastructure elements that, that, that have to be impacted by what we're doing. What's the biggest single challenge, aside from money, what's the biggest single challenge in pulling off a successful Luma event in downtown Binghamton? I think um, there are some real technical challenges that people don't see day-to-day in the setup. Um, You know, we start setting up on Tuesday, and... um, there's one building, that the, the, what I think of as the Grand Royale Hotel. Some people think of it as Old City Hall. There's obviously a student housing complex there now. But that is a 10-projector building for us. And every year we change the configuration. Because if you have the kind of a OCD eyes like us, you'll notice there's some minor distortions in the animation on the building. We're trying to get it perfect. So every year the technical director, and we use all local technical directors, are really struggling to get that building perfect. And they try something different each year. And by the way, I should also credit uh, Panasonic, who sends their engineers down here to help us set up and they also really help us with that building one of the aspects of luma that i really find intriguing is it's an international effort it has an international component and so we in binghamton are exposed to some talent from other countries that that many people just never have a chance to see yeah. And, you know, this year, that was exciting, too. We had four new artists, uh, one from Madrid, um, one from Indonesia, uh, from Odessa, Ukraine, and I'm forgetting one. But we have a fourth new artist this year that will pop into my brain if we can. Oh, a new artist from Barcelona as well. And so that also takes a lot of coordination. The fact, I mean, if you were just dealing with a bunch of people from New York State or the Northeast or even just from around the United States, that makes the logistics easier. But the fact that you work to coordinate the people coming into this country from elsewhere it makes uh, makes a, a, a huge difference, but it also is a, an added wrinkle to, to getting things um all all in place it's one thing to get get a general idea on paper but to actually make it happen is a totally different thing yeah it is and you know again i have to thank i mean whether it's mayor cram whether it's uh, county executive garner assemblywoman lepardo um and last year we were talking about the international travel because of covid we had in certain cases to get special permission to get artists in the country and congresswoman tenney's office made a lot of phone calls to embassies around the world to make sure that happens so it's just it's an extraordinary team effort so, and I believe we've talked about this in some past appearances, but when did the initial idea of doing this sort of uh, the the illumination art event in public, when 
when did that first happen? When was the the initial conversation? Do you remember the time and the place when it began? Yeah, I mean, you know, as you know, I was a radio guy like you for a long time, and I got really involved in downtown revitalization and helped kind of partner on Binghamton Restaurant Week and the Martini Walk, and there was this masquerade in the mansion we did with Robertson. But um, what we started to do is try to pull people in from Syracuse or wilkes to come visit um, the Binghamton area, and their attitude was, well, we've got a restaurant week, right? So we started to look for something that was just so outside the box, so unusual that you couldn't see locally, you couldn't see regionally, maybe you couldn't even see nationally. And at that time, my um, my co-founder, uh, Tice Lerner, said, what do you know about projection mapping? And projection mapping was this thing that was huge in Europe, but just hadn't really picked up here. And so we went on YouTube and started watching these videos of just in Europe, of course, they have these palaces that are transformed through projection mapping. And we started to look around us and look at the historical architecture of downtown Binghamton and realize you could do really cool things with these buildings. You know, it strikes me as as a person who was born in Binghamton and has lived here all my life, it we, we are blessed indeed that we still have some unique architecture. But sometimes I think about the the things that we don't have anymore because there was a period about 50 years ago, say in the late 60s and early 70s, when the Urban Renewal Initiative took away a lot of of some of the most fascinating um, uh, properties, buildings, and, and other characteristics of downtown. And, and fortunately, some people actually stepped in and said, no, you're not going to take down this building. And, and thankfully, that happened. But I, I sometimes close my eyes and, and try to imagine what downtown Binghamton would be like if if many of the buildings have been spared the wrecking ball. I agree, and I think we really have to support those efforts. Uh, there are sort of historical treasures that are still downtown, and some of them have been put into reuse, like the Carnegie Library has become the, the Broom Culinary Institute, and I just I will put all of my energy and love and support to anyone who's trying to save an historic building downtown and, and, uh, and maintain those treasures we have, because you see not just what it does for the festival. It beautifies all of downtown, whether or not there's a once-a-year festival or not, but it's obviously really cool for Luma, too. It's 1022. We're talking about Luma with Joshua Bernard. Now, um, the festival has been over for a few days, so have you thought about what, what you do? I think the question I, I tend to ask you and others affiliated with Luma after one year's event is over, so what can you do possibly to top this i mean are you at that stage yet or are of you course. are you re, you're, you're not totally relaxed i mean the the, the cleanup and and uh, getting the equipment back to where it belongs i mean that's wrapping up but yeah i i take it you and and others associated with luma are looking ahead to 2023. One of the things that I love about our team is it really is a labor of love for a lot of people. They do it for the love more than anything else. And and I'll be halfway through the festival and I'll be exhausted because, you know, finally the planning is over. We can just enjoy the fruits of our labors. And one of our technical directors will walk up to me and go, Josh, I have this idea for next year. Or one of the artists will say, Josh, I just saw this building down the street. Can we use that? So even if I'm not already thinking about what's going to be next year to top it, like the artists are, our technical people are, our volunteers are, everybody's already looking forward to, like, how can we top this year? And, yeah, I, I, we definitely have some ideas to do it, so stay tuned. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. Sometimes, and, and what I mentioned uh, when I was talking on the program, people should never take any event for granted, whether it's Luma or our Speedy Fest and Balloon Rally or the golf tournament or even 
the baseball and hockey teams, support them as much as you can because there, there's nothing, there is no law that says any of these special events or these organizations, there's nothing that, that suggests that they'll be around forever. Yeah, I think the real challenge is the scale of the city of Binghamton. Everyone is generous and everyone gives, but you have to understand that we're running a festival that would normally run in a city of four or five million in a city of 50,000. So everyone has to push a little harder. Uh, we ha- We are so uh, blessed that people are willing to give a little bit more than they would otherwise. Um, and, and also, all the events work together. I mean, I, I know I call the folks over at the, the Dick's Sporting Goods Open, and they're willing to promote what we're doing in a couple of weeks, and I'm all constantly on the, on the phone with the Speedy folks. Uh, folks. And um, we're really blessed that everybody as a community works together really well and understands that each of these things have value and that, that we're all kind of uh, working together. As far as... Uh other events like this, are there many similar events to Tuluma elsewhere in the United States or elsewhere in the world? There really aren't. I mean, there have been projection events that have popped up and closed down in the United States. One of the things that's been remarkable is is we'll be going into our ninth year. And uh, there have been some projection events in the United States. I don't know that any of them have lasted nine years. And that's, again, a testament to community support. Um, but around the world, sure, if you go to Vivid in Sydney, that's how far you really have to go to see something like Luma. There's a number of really cool festivals. Uh, Signal in Prague, which I was luckily, lucky enough to visit with one of our artists last year. Um, so, so that's kind of where you have to go to see this stuff. How important was that uh, feature of several months ago on CBS News with the um, the exposure, the national exposure Luma received from CBS? It's huge. You know, I really love the city. I moved here. I think 15 years ago now, I'd have to sit down and look at a calendar. Um, and I really fell in love with the city. And I think people need to rediscover what's special about it if they don't, if they haven't been here the last few years and, and what's happening here and some of the exciting changes. And I think one of the things that we set out to do was really aim to get those CBS pieces and those People magazine, you know, 100 Reasons to Love America, because it doesn't just get people to uh, to become aware of Luma, hopefully it gets them to visit Binghamton again for the first time and discover the amazing restaurant scene and the really cool art scene and maybe to stick around and go to Animal Adventure um, or go to the zoo, which did this really cool Illuminations event over the last few weeks. So we're really trying to kind of spread the love around once people come and visit, and I think they really do explore and see what Binghamton has to offer. One of our listeners, Dave from Binghamton, uh mentions how much he enjoyed this year's event and the previous Luma events. And he also, in an email uh, Tuesday morning, said he spoke with people who drove from Michigan, Ohio, Texas, all over Pennsylvania, and elsewhere who either came specifically for the event or planned their travels to stop in town for Luma. And in his email, he said the couple from Michigan spent the weekend and even before the show started on Friday, mentioned how much they love the area. So it's it's hard to calculate how much potential goodwill that an event like this can generate. Yeah, we actually, um, one of the reasons we do the ticket advance, people ask us why. There's a couple of reasons. One of them is sometimes we want to do a bigger production. It needs a little bit more revenue to drive it. And the other reason is we get to collect this data, right? And so we get to learn who's actually coming because when you you pay for a, a $5 event, you enter your credit card information stuff. So we learned um, when we did one of those first events that 50% of the audience for Luma drives for more than an hour away. So 50%, you, the way the simple way to think about this is, a you know, a, 
a little bit less than 50% is a local audience and a little more than 50%, uh, they come from those places. They come from Michigan. They come from California. Um, a lot of them come from the Northeast, uh, you know, Boston, uh, New York City. The thing that I find remarkable about Luma in downtown Binghamton is just experiencing, even aside from the specific projection uh, art that that is the the attraction just the fact that there are so many people gathered on a friday and uh, a saturday night in our little city and there are people from all walks of life people of all ages and backgrounds and it's one of the few examples you see i mean it's different than say even at a a baseball game or a football game where you might get 50,000 or 70,000 people in one place and they're loving their sports event but these are people it's just a, a generally um quiet gathering obviously there's there's a, a sound component to the displays but in between as you go from one venue to another it's just um it's one of the few things that i experience where there's a lo- a large crowd and of course it's during the evening hours which i think make makes it extra special and people just seem to be content, especially in a world that's filled with discontent. Yeah. I think one of the things that's that's also remarkable about it, too, when I walk around is I see all kinds of people, and it's one of those things. I, I see this when I go to theme parks, right? You go to a theme park, and like a 12-year-old loves a theme park, and you know a 65-year-old can love a theme park. You know what I mean? And, and it, it just doesn't target one particular demographic of people. And I think that's one of the reasons that works is because everybody looks up at the projections, and it doesn't matter if you're 10 years old. It doesn't matter if you're 7 years old. It's, it's fun, and it's magical, and it's transformative. And it's like, you know, like going to see a Steven Spielberg movie or something like that. Everybody finds something to love about it. Well, we're very fortunate to have it. And Joshua Bernard, I appreciate your coming in today. I know you're probably exhausted, but it's probably uh, a good type of exhaustion that now the event is over and you can look uh, ahead to the future. Well, I just want to thank everyone that came, everyone that supported. Um, thank the, for the patience of everyone that is a little bit inconvenienced by it. And of course, um, you know, we, we also wouldn't be here without incredible media attention like yours, Bob Joseph. So I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming in. Keep in touch. As we say on the radio, and you know this, stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> 10.30, this is WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. On your Wednesday morning, if you want to call in and talk about Luma or anything else, the number is 607-772-1290. Or send an email to bob at wnbf.com. WNBF.com with Bob Joseph on a Wednesday morning. I'm about Jim Bass. He's a working pump of gas and he makes two fifths for an hour. He's got rhythm. 
Let's take some calls now. Beverly in the town of Dickinson. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. How many people were at the Luma? That's a good question. I didn't ask Mr. Bernard. All I could say is thousands. But one thing about crowd estimates is they're notoriously imprecise. So uh, whether it's an outdoor event such as this, especially since for most of the um, special displays, uh, you didn't need a ticket, so it would be very difficult to come up with a, a crowd estimate. Just thousands. What I like is when some news report will say, there were 75,000 people at some event, to which I say, well, how do you know that? Well, because somebody said, well, how do they know it? Because they took a guess. So, yeah, How many I, people were at, the, were at the Speedy Fest? Who knows? They never announce it. I mean, that would be an easy an easier thing to do because with Speedy Fest, they actually charge admission. So if they wanted to, they could give you um, a fairly accurate number, but I don't believe they ever do. No, they don't. And same with baseball or, or football or hockey at these sports events or the golf tournament. You, you ask them for an attendance figure, and sometimes you say, oh, really? Oh, really? Uh, like, say, at, the, at a baseball game, not just, say, Binghamton, but anywhere, they'll announce an attendance figure, and that includes, normally, it includes season ticket holders, so you don't actually know how many people were really at the game. Right. No, so. I just wondered. I just wondered. I think that I think it's going to be on WSKG. It's it's on there every year, but I don't know when though. Okay, well, I know some. I think I, it is. I, I, you know, Bob, Spectrum is Spectrum is a little confusing, a little bit because um, uh, they, uh, you know, they change they change programs a lot. Now, like that Big Brother, that was, I don't know how many days that's on, but that's ridiculous. Having on one day one day a week, uh, people don't want to watch it for three days. Well, Big Brother, you know what I was hoping they were going to do? I, I was hoping that they would move the Big Brother uh, from the CBS television network over to Fox News. Oh, uh, well... Wouldn't that be better to have... Big Brother on Monday through Friday, every night at nine on Fox News Channel instead of having it on on traditional TV. Don't you think that would be a big improvement? Oh, well, it might be. It might be, Bob. But you know, I and that's and that Survivor. That's an, that's another. Well, that's on only once a week. But but that Big Brother. I mean, being on three times a week, that's ridiculous. Well, I, I don't mind how many times a week it's on. I just think having it on cable, like Fox News Channel, Monday through Friday at 9, that way people who like it would get more and people who don't like it wouldn't be subjected to it. Why don't they, why don't they, why don't they put that on a pay-per-view? That's what I was thinking. Why don't they do that? And that way people who like it can support the effort, and people who don't like it don't have to be bothered. Yeah, and the same, 
they took up a, a sports channel, then they gave us, what, $8 credit or whatever it is. They took off one. I don't know what it was, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. I, um, I had their, their receiver. Okay, we got a Roco TV, and, and everything is built in, right? So I, you know, the guy, so but when, when Donald took the thing down, the, the receiver down, why they say, well, you're going to have to continue paying for that. And my husband says, for what? We have to pay for the cable, but we don't have to pay for the box. Bob, I, 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 I never, I never tried to correct those people, you know, for a whole hour one day. And finally, I got the right person after, after an hour of speaking to so many, they said, you don't, you don't, when you bring the receiver back, you, you get, you get a $10 back plus, plus the, you know, plus the tax that you pay right. for the box. Well, you know, uh, I think they're doing the best they can because remember, it's the cable company, so it's not, it's not perfect, but I think, I think they do the best they can. I appreciate your call. And it was on new channels. Oh, yeah. Well, I liked it better with new channels. But, you know, things change. Spectrum is, is here to serve, and I'm I'm very pleased they are. Okay. Have a good day. Thank you. 1039 WNBF. Bob Joseph on your radio. DJ in Binghamton. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Yeah, I like the Roco, too. I love to watch the Roco. Hey, I, I had a little sidebar before I tell you what I call for. Um. Luma was the smallest crowd ever. And I was looking at the building next to the Metro Center, that big bank building, and I saw an upside-down cross on there. And I walked over to the guy. There was like four of them on that big uh, uprising where the projectors are. And I said, hey, man, you got an upside-down cross on that building. He looked at me. He turned around and walked away. And it, it's just there's, there's more to it than why the crowds are smaller people. But anyway, I want to talk about Alice Cooper now. I loved her back in the 70s, and um, I was very enthralled with the, you know, because it's a rebellious thing. My my stepmother said, oh, I love Alice Cooper, and she held up one of my pictures. Alice Cooper had this, uh, he was vomiting, but it wasn't real vomit. It was like apple Well, apple. please, spare us, spare us the graphic <laughs> oh, detail. Oh, Look, they're, they're still eating your... Uh, exactly. So, somebody somebody is, is eating their Count Chocula, and they just spit it... <laughs> All over the table. Come on, man. Well, where's where's your sense of human decency? People. Oh my goodness! How could I? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. I wanted to say though, um, when I came to my senses spiritually, and we started a church, we we went to different places like Motley Crue downtown, the Motley Crue concert. And we'd hand out gospel tracts, and we'd witness to the people. I came out of that music, Alice Cooper, and then uh, we did the same to Janet Jackson. But I wanted to talk to you, Bob, about the lady. What? What were you thinking when the nice lady called earlier and talked about meeting? All you have to do is what we used to do. As soon as they say, thank you, good night, they go out. I was left the building or whatever. You run across the street to the Holiday and He'll be staying there. Go over and see him. We met Hart and different bands. 
They stay at the Holiday Inn or the Hilton. You can probably call it. Yeah, I remember when Elvis was here, Elvis Presley. A lot of women, uh, they, they staked out his hotel. They had hundreds, hundreds. It was a crowd control issue. And, and Elvis Presley, uh, who I believe was in Binghamton not too long before he died in 1977, he, he, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he had to be greeted by, by a mob of out-of-control fans. It was very disturbing. My sister Doreen saw him uh, before he passed away. So... Um, you know, that's that's what you do. You just go over and meet him. And somebody was saying earlier... Well, by the way, no, you don't do that. I mean, we can't talk about that on the radio and tell people to just go go and hang out and, and meet people. That's that's not something. No, just just the opposite. Don't, don't go and hang out to try to meet people. That's... Trust me. That, that, uh, our official policy on the radio is if you want to meet people... Um, Twitter. Meet people on Twitter. Okay, well, I wholeheartedly and humbly... Um, um, uh, uh, I wholeheartedly... Be careful. Be careful what you're about to say, because if it involves encouraging people to do something that I don't want them to do, that would be... that would be a poor use of this program. Allow me to retract that statement. Thank you. I won't say that, but let me ask you a question. <laughs> let me ask you a question, Bob. Mm. i got to ask you a question. Could okay. you? Of all people that I go to, you're the old, you're the one that I go to to ask the important questions. So I have to ask you a question, okay? Now somebody told me, and I want to know if this is true. They said, "Remember how the girls used to throw their bras and panties up on stage to the Rolling Stones?" And Again, kids? remember, people are trying to eat their count chocula. Yeah, I remember. So okay, ask the question. Now people are like, "I can't listen to this sort of explicit radio. This sounds like Howard Stern." Okay, so yeah, they used to do that. And so your question is? No, he brought up a thought. He told me that that, that everybody's older now. The older crowd's going to be throwing up their depends and their pull-ups. I said, "No, no, come on, that. man." I know. Isn't that terrible of him to even kind of put that thought in my mind? Yeah. I know. All right. Well, thanks. I'm going to see uh, uh, tonight if I happen to just just serendipitous it, it, with a, a, a spate of serendipity. Actually, actually run into Alice Cooper. I'm going to see at Tell least her. a I'm going to see if she's changed her hair color. You know, the right, thing the right. thing that always got me about her hair is it didn't look like it always reminded me is is something it was and again it's personal preference i shouldn't even say it on the radio it's it's meant it's meant with kindness and love i always thought she didn't spend enough time with her hair so what i'm wondering now that it's 2022 is it going to be like the kids orange or purple or green so now that yeah and and you know could she do it like in braids do me a favor, Bob. Please, please ask. Tell, tell her. Tell her that DJ said hello. Okay. <laughs> the show covers it all, folks. If there's one thing you need to know about this program, it covers it all. Especially on Wednesdays. You're listening to Bob Joseph having just a grand old time on the radio. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. Indeed, Alice Cooper is back in Binghamton. Our long national nightmare is over, and I personally welcome Alice Cooper to Binghamton. And by the way, Alice Cooper 
who at this moment may in fact be listening to the program, remember, Alice Cooper, if you're listening, as I think you may be here in downtown Binghamton, you are probably just a few blocks from the radio station. So you could walk over, just ask anybody, where is the WNBF radio station? So you walk over, and then you can be on next hour and talk here live with your biggest fan. Bob Joseph, News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming live at WNBF.com. You wash your hands. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. If you'd like to talk on WNBF. The telephone is ringing. You got me on the run. I'm driving in my Anticipating fun. Yeah, driving right up to you. Take it to the show. Because when you call me on the telephone, say, take me to the show. And then I said, honey, I just can't go. Oh, lady, second, I can't leave her home. WNBF, the happy station. Again, Alice Cooper, maybe Alice Cooper doesn't actually want to walk over to the studio. Even though I think... He would uh, actually love to see our little radio studio here. He's been to many, many radio studios over the decades, and this may be one of the best-looking radio studios Alice Cooper would ever have the occasion to visit. He's welcome, of course. Or he can simply call in at 607-772-1290. Well, I'll talk with Alice Cooper, whether it's now before the news or next hour during our award-winning third hour right here on news radio wnbf wnbf.com let's see um take a look at what's going on in the news here oh this is nice on the front page of the times today it's a rogues gallery they have a picture not a picture they have Nearly a hundred photographs of members of Congress who reported trades and companies influenced by their committees. So you've got some senators and dozens of members of the House who uh, are pictured on the front page of the Times. Well, there you go. The uh, montage of photos, 97 photos of fine members of Congress. That montage is over a story headlined in Congress, thousands of potential conflicts in stock trading. Uh, It begins this way. Senator Tommy Tuberville, Republican of Alabama and a member of the Agriculture Committee, regularly reported buying and selling contracts tied to cattle prices starting last year, even as the panel, by Mr. Tuberville's own account, had been talking about what the cattle markets are uh, doing. Sounds like a conflict of interest. Anyway, interesting little investigation by the New York Times, a newspaper that still has reporters 
oddly enough. And this article is by Kate Kelly, Adam Playford, and Alicia Perlapiana. So thank you, journalist, for doing the research. And it looks like they did a whole bunch, a whole bunch of uh, research into these potential conflicts by some of our favorite members of, of Congress. So I, I'll have to read more. Wow. Wow. They devoted, and again, for people who aren't familiar with the concept of a newspaper, this is something that is uh, put together once a day by companies, and they, they put information on something called newsprint, which they probably buy from Canada. They spent months, several months at least, doing this in-depth review of members of Congress and their potential trading conflicts. So it's a big story on the front page of the Times, and then they devote four full pages on the inside of the paper, the print edition, which, of course, you could buy if you support journalism. Go out and support journalism. Go out and pay three bucks and support their efforts, or go out and subscribe. By the way, go out and subscribe to all local newspapers. Support them. I'm serious. You don't mean it. Yeah, I'm, I subscribe to newspapers. Why do you do that? It's all fake news. No, it's not fake news. If you like journalism, if you like to be informed, and if you support democracy, then pay something. Well, I think it should all be free. Oh, sure. Sure, everything should be free. Right. 1055, Bob Joseph, just talking realistically on News Radio WNBF. For 15. News Radio 1290, WNBF. WNBF disco weather, mostly sunny today, high 73, partly cloudy tonight with a slight chance of showers. Low 49, sunny tomorrow, high 67, sunny Friday, high 73. Right now, in downtown Binghamton, it's 64. (laughs) Sounds like Ron Radio. Where the hits just keep on coming. WNBF. Now, seriously, we are News Talk. Third hour coming up after a news update with Bob Joseph on your Wednesday morning. Eleven o'clock at WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. A very pleasant day in store for us today with sunshine, comfortable temperatures into the 70s. 
Shenango County authorities say no arrests have been made after a man acting suspiciously caused the Green Elementary School campus to be locked down yesterday afternoon. An incident was reported at a home near the school grounds on Julian Street at around 3 p.m. A notice was posted on the Green Central School District website informing residents that in an abundance of caution, the lock-in safety procedure was initiated in reaction to officials being made aware of an incident involving law enforcement at a residence near the elementary campus. The reported incident did not happen on school property and no student, staff, or faculty were in harm's way, according to the message from the district superintendent, Timothy Callis. Some parents who showed up to pick up their children at the end of the school day were turned around until officials had cleared the scene and the athletic teams that practice at the elementary campus were brought inside. Shenango County Emergency Services officials this morning said the incident involved a man who lived at the home near the school entrance, but the incident was resolved without injury and there was no one taken into custody. Today. There was no information available as to what suspicious activity on the part of that individual caused the response of law enforcement and the subsequent lock-in of the school campus. A Binghamton woman will serve three and a half years in New York State Prison for trying to set a unit in the town and country apartments on fire. 58-year-old Loretta Washington, also known as Loretta Holmes, admitted she set fire to a doormat outside of an apartment at the Roberts Street Binghamton apartment complex following an argument with the people people inside that unit. According to a news release from the Broome County District Attorney's Office, the fire was quickly put out and there were no injuries. Washington Holmes pleaded guilty to felony attempted arson. The incident was reported October 4th, 2021 at 100 Robert Street on Binghamton's north side. A former Broome County Corrections officer will be on probation after admitting he allowed contraband to get into the county jail. News Channel 34 reports Sammy Davis Jr. pleaded guilty in June in exchange for a sentence of five years on probation. A Sheriff's Department news release announced the former jail guard's arrest on September 8th of 2021 when Davis was charged along with two others. In March, pretrial hearings that were scheduled in Broome County Court were adjourned with no future court date immediately scheduled, according to the Broome County District Attorney's Office. It's not clear when that new court appearance for June had been set. Sammy Davis had been arrested following an investigation into methamphetamine, Adderall pills, Suboxone tobacco matches, a lighter, and jewelry that had been smuggled into the lockup in the town of Dickinson. Also arrested in the contraband investigation were 33-year-old Scott McLean of Binghamton and 21-year-old Catherine Buckley of Binghamton. All were charged with promoting prison contraband, criminal possession of a controlled substance, and conspiracy at the time. According to the report on 34, Davis pleaded guilty to bribery and admitted that while he was working as a guard at the Broome County Jail, two inmates approached him concerning a package. Davis admitted agreeing to bring the package into the correctional facility. That package ended up containing those prohibited items. There was no update on the status of the cases concerning McLean and Buckley. In information provided by the Sheriff's Office, the arrest had followed a long-term investigation into contraband items, including drugs, being smuggled into the county jail on Front Street. The Broome County Executive is using a big development that is currently underway in what had been a big eyesore for a long time in Johnson City as his backdrop for this year's budget address. Executive Jason Gardner is expected to highlight progress in revitalizing blighted areas as well as continued efforts to recover from the economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. 
During his 6 p.m. speech at the former Endicott Johnson Shoe Factory Victory Building on Lester Avenue. The address is also expected to continue to focus on infrastructure spending, as has been a highlight in past ledgers presented by the Port Dickinson Democrat. Last year's $409 million budget also contained a slight reduction in property taxes for a fourth year, in spite of continued expenses linked to the pandemic. After the county executive gives his address, the budget will be posted online, the Broome County Legislature will begin its review and public hearings will be set. WMBF Twin Tiers forecast sunny today, a high in the 70s, partly cloudy tonight with a slight chance of showers low in the 40s. Thursday sunny, a high in the mid 60s. Friday sunny, a high in the mid 70s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. Radio, WNBF. It's the third hour with Bob Joseph on your Wednesday morning. I invite you to contact me by phone right now at 607-772-1290. Let's talk. We are alive every morning from 9 to noon doing the work that ought to be done. Yes, it ought to be done. And it is being done. Ah, we're so happy to uh, be doing some of the work. It's uh, interesting that there may be a gated community in Broome County. So I have consulted the experts, and the experts have told me they don't believe there is a gated community now and the experts also have suggested there never has been a gated community in Broome County now who knows maybe there was if you're aware of a gated community not talking about the one on Front Street in the town of Dickinson not that community a gated community where access of course is carefully controlled for security purposes Uh, if you're aware of a gated community in Broome County, I encourage you to contact me so I can find out more. At any rate, uh, as we reported on WNBF.com, there could be a gated community just a few miles from where I'm standing now. So that is a vision of a local developer. The developer, Brett Pritchard, most uh, notably uh, the person who came up with the basic concept and pulled off the idea of number five commons where the old firehouse is located at 434 in South Wash. So Brett Pritchard is looking to acquire some of that property up there in the town of Binghamton and one of his ideas would be some nice homes and a gated community. So people like me, so inquiring reporters would have a tougher time (laughs) getting to your home. The fact is, most reporters are never going to show up at your home. I've been reporting for many years. I do not 
do not believe in the normal course of reporting I've ever decided that it it was the best way to attempt to contact someone by actually going to their home. I, I think I think your residence is um, sacred. Now I will say this doesn't mean for example, if I'm investigating uh, a story. Sometimes I do go door to door, sometimes of necessity, because the information is being withheld by the authorities. Sometimes I need to put on my detective cap and actually go door to door. I don't really enjoy that kind of reporting. I mean, it's interesting. Don't get me wrong. It's interesting. But I I prefer not to bother people at home. But sometimes, say, if something happened in a neighborhood and you can't get the information through official sources, then you have to go out for yourself and start asking questions. Most of the time, actually, in my experience, most times people are actually pretty uh, cooperative. And actually, I dare I say... Most times, when people encounter a reporter who's trying to find out something that happened in their neighborhood, they actually express appreciation. Sometimes people know that something happened, and when I contact them, say if I'm working on a story, they're actually mystified why there hasn't been any sort of news coverage of something that happened on their street or in their neighborhood. And what I typically say is, Yeah, that's because the authorities won't release any information, and that's why I'm here. That's why traditional reporting still in 2022 can be very important. And some of our most interesting stories in recent months have actually involved me going into a neighborhood. Again, I don't like disrupting your routine, but say if something happened a day or two ago in your neighborhood, and I can't find information any other way, well, then I may actually come to your home. And and certainly I'm not persistent or belligerent or whatever. If if you don't want to talk with me, that's that's certainly understandable. But if you do want to talk, and many people actually do, hey, that's, that's all part of the process. Anyway, getting back to this concept, a gated community up at the old Vestal Hills Country Club site. That is a vision, and in a few days, the county legislature may approve the sale of um, that parcel off Webb Road in the town of Binghamton to the developer, Brett Pritchard, and then we'll see what happens. A gated community. Let's go to the phone, 607-772-1290. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name and where are you calling from? It would be the jetpack man again. Oh, what's the story there in Owego? Did they ever get that cleaned up? Eh, kind of, sort of. I th- I think they should hire me back. I mean, as long as they do it off the off the grid. Sure, that I I yeah. would support that. It's clean. Hey, by the way, it wasn't Alice Cooper. Sorry, DJ. That was Spring Zappa. That's where they threw up the underwear and the bras and all that stuff. Uh, well, I just the thought of that. First of all, what a what a waste! What a waste of garments. I thought it was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. I seen Spring Zappa's last concert when he was here at the at the arena. What year do you suppose that was? Do you recall? Oh, 
I'm going to say 90-something. It was the Jazz from Hell concert. That was his last concert before he passed. Yeah. I miss him. I miss, oh, uh, you know, anybody who would go through life known as Frank Zappa. And then he had a couple of kids. Uh, one was uh, Moon Unit, and the other was, uh, I think his name Dweezel. was Bobby. Oh, Dweezil. Yeah. Can, can you, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Can you, can you imagine if I went on the air and called myself Dweezil Joseph? I, I don't think you'd attract much of an audience, to be honest. <laughs> well, only... Only insofar as people can't can't avert their eyes when they're going by, by a bad crash, that kind of audience. But is that really the kind of audience we want? Now, you know what? Big Guns Bob works for me. That's just, I like it. All right. That works. All right. Well, I'm going to call, call that guy, and I'll tell you, the guy, he, he's the king of jingles in America. He is... Um, his name is John. Yeah. Actually, he was on this program. John Wolfert, the guy who, who makes all the jingles down at his jingle palace in Dallas. I'm going to call him and ask him to uh, record a, a whole bunch of jingles. I think if if I could get him to do some more things like this, Bob Joseph, I think I think this program would be even more popular. <laughs> hey, by the way, you call Alice. Cooper, a, a she. He didn't get a sex change, did he? Well, I hope he did. Well, no, I that, don't know. That, no, I don't actually. By the way, I strike that from the record. No, I, I don't care if he does. I mean, if he does, that's fine with me. The only reason that I think that Frank Zappa, sorry, I looked up the Frank Zappa story. The only reason I think Alice Cooper conceivably would uh, wind up. Considering a sex change has just become more relevant in 2022, isn't that? Isn't that the you know a lot of people are talking about the sex change? So, I think the only reason he would do it is to try to shock people the same way he tried to shock people 50 years ago. But having said that, at this point, I I think people are are beyond shock. I don't think anyone can be shocked anymore, whether it's. Alice Cooper or Frank Zappa or that bat-eating guy? I mean, what shocks us anymore? I know. I, I, given today's society, left is right, backwards and forwards. And two plus two way. equals five. Yeah. See what I'm saying? And by the way, like not that. that not that there's anything wrong with that. Personally, it's between you and me. I like it. I, you know, people are saying... Oh, society, whatever happened? To which I say, yeah, society. I love society today. People are bemoaning, yeah, but it ain't the way it used to be. And I'm saying, you're right. It should never be the way it used to be. It should always be constantly changing. That's why, that's why whether it's a talk show or anything else in life, that's why we get up in the morning to see what happens next. That makes it exciting. Oh. That's very true. You know what? As a matter of fact, I'm trying to check out all my life savings. I plan on going to Harvard. I'm going to take up broadcast journalism because I heard Brian Seltzer, who got fired from CNN, just went there. Yeah, I heard he got a new gig. I'm going to see if I can enroll in that class and maybe learn a thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Why, why don't they like him? 
lipstick on a pig is all I say. No. I mean, I'm serious because I like him. And this goes back before he got his program on CNN, before they finally fired his butt a couple weeks ago. Excuse the expression, before they finally fired him. I liked him because he, he wrote about the media in the New York Times. He When he was in... I don't know if he was still in college or if he had just graduated. I think when he was still in college, he really, really was very interested in the media. And I thought, in some ways, Brian Seltzer, excuse me, Brian Stelter, was um, in some ways, like I was, very fascinated by the media and journalism. And he wrote about it uh, successfully for years in the New York Times. And then they hired him for uh, Ted Turner's little cable operation. I, I just don't understand why people don't like the guy. Well, obviously something happened to him. It had been a major life-changing experience. That's the way I can put it. Well, maybe, but that doesn't mean he's a bad guy. Well, I mean, you may, you may just... But, but, Jesse, you might disagree with him about everything politically. But as far as I can tell, and again, I have a sense... Because some, occasionally he talks about his wife, their young children. I have a sense he's actually a pretty good guy. You may, again, getting. I I will acknowledge that you and maybe a lot of people listening right now don't agree with anything Brian Stelter has ever said on his TV program. Aside from that, though, I get a sense that you actually and I actually could have a good time with him and his wife. Because they seem like good people, even even if he has a, a worldview that's different from yours. I'm not going to go there. But I, right. I do have one more thing to touch on, Bob. I, I got one last thing. Now, yesterday we talked about Senator Schumer donating his election funds to other people that are running. If you notice, Governor Cuomo, he has $18 million in his war chest, and he hasn't donated a single penny, so... Is he, like, uh, going to try to make a major comeback? I hope so. Speaking of him, For he what? just, he just, uh, he just, let's see, a couple of things about Cuomo. First of all, I think he just filed a lawsuit. So, oh, yeah. uh, yesterday, did you hear about that? He is suing <laughs> Tish James, first of all, uh, New York's first attorney general named Tish. So, Tish James is being sued by Andrew Cuomo, so that happened Tuesday, and now just happening this morning, Charlotte Bennett, who was the former aide to Governor Cuomo, who accused him of sexual harassment, she just filed a lawsuit against him and uh, three of his minions, Melissa DeRosa, Jill DeRosier, and Judith Mogul. They are named in a federal lawsuit, so it looks like the attorneys are going to Get rich, thanks to Andrew Cuomo. You know what, Bob? I thought yesterday's Yankees game with Boston, and I honestly thought that Boston was going to spank them, but they didn't. It was a 10-inning game, 7-6, to six, Yankees won. But watching Democrats fight against each other, you know what? I would definitely go to that game. All right. Well, as they say, that's entertainment. Oh, yes, it is. Wacko Wednesday is on, my brother. All right. Well, stay tuned. By the way, Friday's program, I, I don't want to let the cats out of the bag yet, but Friday's program will be extra special, so make sure you set your VCR.
<laughs> I still got one. Hmm. All right. That's the story from Owego. Making contemporary news, 1124-607-772-1290 is the number for my hotline. If you'd like to make it ring, call now. Uh, email is bob at wnbf.com. Over the next 30 minutes, I'm going to consider reading an actual email message submitted by one of our viewers, so stay tuned. It's Bob Joseph, live and local, news radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. And always available to you free with the WNBF app. You are. News Radio 10. I have officially proclaimed it by the power vested in me by Town Square Media and the Federal Communications Commission. Alice Cooper Day in the city of Binghamton, New York. Mark in Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air. Yeah, Bob, how you doing? Good, how are you? Yeah, like I told you, um, you know, I saw that show, um, and that was a great show, and the dancing was great. And like I told you, he eventually married a singer there, and, uh, you know, he was doing a lot of drinking and drugs and stuff, and it was for her. She's the one that got him sober, and he's been sober for a, a hell of a long time, and has turned to Christian and everything else. And uh, But he's still doing the music, and uh, I'm sure it'll be a good show. You know, but I called about the Luma and the parking. Sure. Yeah, and because like on uh, Friday night, I thought I'd because I plan on going Saturday. And I thought, well, I'll take a spin over there and see what it's how it how it looks. And I drove down um, around um, by the Metro Center and by the Lost Dog, and I was able to get up there pretty quick. And and the, the gate was going up. It looked like things were doing pretty good over there. And I drove around and came over the corner of St. Louis Street, and I saw in the parking lot there was two wreckers in there and they had four cars uh, on top of them and they they were taking these cars out and they're going, well, what the hell are they doing here? They just So I went and I stopped and talked to, uh, uh, there was two girls who came walking up and their cars were, were being towed and they were SUNY students and they says, well, where the hell, where's the signs? And the guy says, well, they're all over and I didn't see any signs and, and, and they, but you know how much they wanted to get their car back? I don't know, six hundred fifty dollars, three seventy five a pop that night. If if you didn't, if it stayed in storage, then they were going to add more and more, and it, it could end up being a hell of a lot more. And I just thought it was like that was pretty cruel, you know. And all I saw was two signs that were on the street level before that parking lot. But then there. Well, where was this parking lot? Across from Firestone. Um, well, that's, here, here's a lesson 
first of all, I agree that it's not nice what apparently went on. Uh, if if that's the case, which I'm sure it probably was the case, but here's here's a, a rule of thumb: whether you're going to Luma or anything else, don't park in any parking lot. Well, that's 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 true. I yeah, I, I mean, I'm not uh, I am not excusing it. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying because there are people who like to make money. I, I don't like to make money. I don't really care anymore I, uh, when it comes to money. I just don't care. It's too late for me. But there's still people, unlike me, who love to make money. And one of the ways they love to make money is through things like this, whether it was intention, uh, an intentional scheme, which it may have been, to make lots of money off other people's misfortune. I mean, I find it distasteful if, if the facts are as you describe, but... You know, it's probably totally legal, and that's why I say whether going to Luma next September or going anywhere else, don't park in a parking lot. Yeah, um, but there, I didn't see any signs. Where, where, how come there weren't? But again, poles up there with signs. But there but pro- no parking here. But you'll be told. Well, they no, could do that, but they, maybe maybe they thought they wouldn't make as much money. You know, if you that's put up right. signs. Let's say, don't park here, you may be towed, and then you're going to have to pay the towing fee and maybe a storage fee for your car. How much money do you think they're going to make then? This way, they probably could make more money. That's the American way. Well, but it was a money grab. Bob, of course it were, was. They were taking cars away, and then they come back, and now in the meantime, there's parking spots available. People come, they park in there, boom, they come in there, and they sure. grab those people. You know, and that's the Amer- that's the American I way. Through, I went through to those students. That that is going to spread like wildfire around the campus. Well, uh, I hope it spreads like wildfire. So next year for Aluma, nobody gets caught in that trap. Well, that's part one. Part two is Saturday night. I, I I'm going down there. I got I got a one year old granddaughter and a nine year old, and I and I'm coming down Washington Street. I'm by the church. It took a half hour. To get up to the corner up there in front of the Metro Center, and there's it's a real cluster mess up through there, and there's nobody uh, directing traffic and everything else, and the, the the gates going up once in a while, and so. But I had the family, so I thought oh, I'd, I'd pull in there. So I pull in there, and there's cars were coming out, people are coming up, and they're yelling, they're just saying, "You're making a mistake, dude! You're making a mistake." We well, were in here for an hour, and it's a mess back there. You can't park. There's nothing. There's no parking there, and to the left. There was uh, probably a, a 40%, 50% of the parking lot was totally empty. That that a gate was not going up. There was no parking attendance. There was no police around. Then people started yelling and saying, where's the police? Come on, what's going on here? People were out of their cars. They were living. And then the police show up, and it was state police, and they were um, uh, getting trying to get people out of there. But they were yet still trying to get $10 out of people uh, for uh just turning around and parking in there and having to wait an hour and everything like that. So then they relented and they pulled the gate up. And uh, but people were yelling and they were saying, "Well, what's going on here? Where's where's the city? Where's the mayor? What? Where's the where's the, how come there's no coordination here? This was this was ridiculous, you know." And I talked to one big into policeman and I says, "You know, how come there's no coordination in here?" I you know, and he says, "Well, this is the city. This is this is what his words verbatim." He says, "Well, this is the mayor's show, you know." And that, so, by the way. There's, there it is again. 
The mayor doesn't come on this program to answer questions like this. And the mayor might think it's beneath them to respond to constituents for a, a, a matter like this. This is exactly why it's important for the mayor of Binghamton to be on a program like this to answer questions like this. Yes, we would also ask him about the big issues. And, and he knows the big issues, but also for things like this. This affects quality of life. It affects people's perception of Binghamton, and yet he doesn't make himself available. Again, it's not to be mean. It's just to provide a service, actually a service for him. There, there may be a lot of good explanations for how things went, but he doesn't take advantage of this opportunity for people to call in and say, hey, what's, um, what happens with some of these parking issues at Luma, and can they be fixed so things work out better the next time? So he he has this opportunity, a golden opportunity, that he passes up because I think, of course I'm biased, I think that it would behoove him, that it would be in his best interest, to learn what people are talking about, take notes, and then say, okay, well, there were a couple of problems that happened this time. So for the next Luma, or the next time there's a big downtown Binghamton event, we'll do uh, some things to make it better. That, see, yeah, I, well, I view it as a positive. He views it as a negative. Yeah, well, I called the, I called the mayor's office yesterday afternoon, one thirty, and I never heard nothing back. Well, you know, of course I, not. I didn't even answer the phones. He, he had to talk and leave a message. Right. And so, but I, I called Giovanni. I hadn't, like I said, I haven't heard from him. And, in and so what years. did Giovanni Scaringi say? So he called me back, and um, we talked, and he didn't have too much to say about it. He said, well, that's, that's really out of his hands. And I says, well, you know, this guy doesn't go on. The, why doesn't he go on the radio program? I says, you know, the past other mayors have, you know, we, we, we need him to come on. And why isn't he coming on? And he says, well, he didn't know. He wasn't bewildered. He was bewildered. And I asked him, well, how come you're not going on? I haven't heard nothing from you, you know? And he just says, well, his, to be fair to him, his, his schedule is, he's, teaching and he's doing other things but you know i, I don't know well i always gave i i gave councilman scaringi a lot of credit because when his schedule permitted he was on the program frequently probably more often than his other colleagues on city council so i think that was commendable what i think about unfortunately about the mayor the current mayor and other city officials they they have this opportunity even rich david and I've mentioned this before. Rich David had said on more than one occasion he would never pass up the opportunity to be on this program. Now, to be fair to Rich David, full disclosure, he did cut back on the number of appearances he made after he won his second term, which didn't surprise me but disappointed me. But still, he, he still was here really every First Tuesday, the two, the first Tuesday of every month, I think Rich David was here um, for uh, his second four year term. Even though sometimes he knew he would face some topics from people like me and maybe some listeners that he didn't like, but you know what? He liked the idea to be able to speak directly with city residents and those who love Binghamton. He understood that it was actually productive time yeah the mayor of binghamton is very busy we understand that but he also understood showing up on this program and spending an hour here talking about the issues could be very constructive and productive
Yeah, well, Giovanni sounded quite distraught about it all, and he's glad that he's getting out. I would think what I have talked with a number of people who are former council members, and yeah, after, trust me, after eight years and, and being city council, they're actually thankful for term limits. Not that they don't love the city, and not that they don't feel uh, privileged to be a member of city council, but... I mean, let's face it. After you see how the sausage is made, you probably don't want to eat anymore. Yeah, well, but he knows because I reminded him. I said, you know, because I'm the one that I also like turned him on to the program. I was saying, you know, uh, you should get on that program. And then um, Jerry, who was running against him, the Democrat here on the first ward, I called, and Giovanni went on. He came off real good, and. Um, People were coming in and commenting on him. I called Jerry and said, hey, man, you got to get on there. Uh, this guy's doing good. And he poo-pooed it. He didn't come on, and he got beat. So, you know, and I was also talking about the relevance of the program, that, you know, reminding him that, you know, Trump's been on there, Trudeau, Serpico, and, that, you know, it's an interesting program, and it's a good thing for the community. And you never know every day what's gonna, who's going to be on and what's going to be talked about. So, yeah. I, I personally think it's, it's a program that's very beneficial to the city. I know sometimes we talk about things that that um, elected officials would like to ignore or wish we didn't publicize, but it's designed to make things better. You know, that there, there has never been an endeavor in the history of human existence that's been perfect. So what we do on the program, if we shine a spotlight on a problem or a deficiency, we're doing it to try to give it proper attention so it can be addressed and and issues can be corrected. For example, parking going forward. There will be ways, there are ways to improve the, the parking situation for Luma and other big events in the future. But it really, really requires city officials as well as Luma organizers, everyone, to work together to come up with solutions. And that's what this program is designed to do. It's 1141. 607-772-1290 or send an email to bob at wnbf.com The camp was your Back to the phones we go. It's Vinny and Binghamton. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, Bob, you know, I've been, I've been following the whole thing with the, the, the Queen and um, the whole thing that's going on over there in England. And uh, it, To me, it's, it's like just watching, understanding their history. I mean, this woman was put in this place at 25 years old. That's just amazing. And as long as she's been in there, and I'm watching um, Harry and William, and I'm thinking everything that's been going on. I, I, it, it's just I just wonder sometimes um, how much 
Princess Di would have meant to those boys right now. Someone to to talk to, because Prince Charles always came across to me as he was maybe one decade or maybe maybe a decade and a half behind what's going on in the world. And, you know, I just always looked at those boys, you know, Mom, I'm, 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 I'm seeing this girl, like, you know, Megan, w- what do you think? I think she would be someone who could really talk to the girls, the wives, listen. You know, I didn't do, I didn't break out and break the mold just to be, hey, look at me. I mean, I just felt this way. And I think right now, the way our media is, it's like five times worse than it probably was when Diane was coming out. And I just look at the boys now, it's like, you know, you, you got to be careful when you're that age and what you're doing. You got to understand both worlds. And I think Diane probably would have been better for those young boys to talk to. Not that they've made any mistakes or that they're, they haven't made any mistakes, but it's just one of those things where you sit back and think, boy, the mom really could have been something interesting. I would have, I would have loved to have seen it. I mean, not, and she, you know, she passed away. I don't mean that. I mean, just someone to talk to. Because I just don't think they can, I just don't think their dad gets it. I really don't. And, you know, I mean, just seeing this press, oh, my God, just the coverage. All they're doing is talking about, um, you know, Megan and Harry and body language and what they're wearing and how she handed flowers. to. This is like, oh, my God, man. They're just like, it's, it's all this clutter, too much clutter. Well, I appreciate the call, and we'll see what the other viewers have to say. Thank you very much. That's Vinny and Binghamton, 607-772-1290. Of course, we cover it all here at the station because that's what I do, covering it all. Well, as much as possible over a three-hour period. Remember, the program is heard every weekday morning from 9 to noon. We encourage you to make it a daily habit. And if, by chance, you're unable to hear even the slightest portion of the program, they, for some reason, are now posting it on the website, WNBF.com. So if you're clever, you can find it in the podcast section. And that way, say, if you're unable to get some sleep, if you're dealing with insomnia, uh, tonight, say at around 11.45, just punch it up on WNBF.com, and there you go. You don't need to take any of those dangerous sleeping aids. 607-772-1290, Bob Joseph live on News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. This Friday's. Eleven fifty live with Bob Joseph six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. Let's go back to the phones. It's Joan in Binghamton. Yeah, good afternoon. Well, almost afternoon anyway. Right. 
Uh, what I called about was uh, last night I heard on uh, on the news that there were a couple of bombs that went off at Northeastern University in Boston. Yeah, and it was uh, about about seven o'clock last night at the uh, university, and a guy, I believe, a guy who works for the university, he was at Holmes Hall. And he uh, had minor injuries to his hands because uh, he, he apparently, I don't know if he just picked up the package or maybe he was trying to open this package filled with the explosives. Anybody take responsibility? Not yet, not to my knowledge, but there is a manifesto. So if, oh. if you're interested, so immediately when I heard there was a manifesto, I thought, well, this has all the earmarks of the Unabomber. Ted Kaczynski didn't didn't Ted Kaczynski send out unibombs with his manifestos? Uh, I believe so, um, but uh, depends on what the manifesto says. I guess. <laughs> well, that's what I would like to see. Yeah. They do you remember Ted Kaczynski? Uh, he he demanded, I believe, that they print his thirty five thousand word manifesto in the Washington Post. And I be- first of all, I can't believe that the Washington Post would print it. It says uh, here on the Internet, it was printed in a supplement to the Washington Post after the Unabomber offered to stop being such a bad guy in exchange for national exposure. According to the Internet, Janet Reno, <laughs> Janet <laughs> Reno, there's a, there's a blast from the past, the Attorney yeah. General, <laughs> she authorized the printing to help the FBI identify the Unabomber. So I, I wish I had that special section. Um, I mean, not for its contents, just because in the history of newspapers, I don't think any other newspaper has ever printed uh, a terrorist manifesto. Mm. I don't understand why why you would even authorize that, because then you clear the way for lots of other. I mean, what if... And again, this is not fair, but that doesn't mean I can't ask it. Again, hypothetically, what if the guy from Conklin, mm-hmm. who allegedly went to Buffalo and killed people in a racist attack, again, he's not been convicted of anything, but that's what the authorities believe happened. So what if that guy, the 18-year-old guy, instead of just printing his manifesto or uploading his manifesto to the Internet, which they say he did, what if he said, well, I'm going to hurt people unless the press and sun bulletin prints my manifesto what what then you know what would the fbi say about that oh press and sun bulletin why don't you print uh, a special subscriber only bonus section for sunday with your manifesto with the guy's manifesto because we want to try to catch him you know, to me it doesn't make any sense well if they were desperate and they had no other clues and they wanted to find him as fast as possible they banked on somebody recognizing uh, his uh, word structure or, you know, the words he was using or, you know, his whole tirade, you know. so. By the way, interestingly, that I should start talking about the Unabomber, uh, Ted Kaczynski, I've never talked with him, the Unabomber, but I have Mm -hmm. interviewed his brother, David. Hmm. Yeah, his, his brother, David Kaczynski, has been on this program. And did you know, according to the Internet, the Unabomber is still alive? Hmm. According to the Internet. I, I mean, hmm. according to the Internet, he's 80 years old. And his brother, David Kaczynski, 
actually, it says Mr. Kaczynski, David, um, did, um, speaking of the manifesto, okay, here's a part, and we're almost out of time, but according to the Internet, David Kaczynski and his wife apparently recognized the writing style from that manifesto, so indeed that helped... Um, lead to the arrest of the the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. So, okay, your your point's well taken. I had forgotten about that. Yeah, well, supposedly the 9-11 planners, the higher-ups that were arrested by the FBI, etc., there's some kind of legal orangutan going on on those. So they're, they're still alive, they're still kicking, they're still whatever they're doing. Apparently right. there's... Uh, uh, some kind of legal holdup on those guys, too. Well, I, I appreciate your bringing up the bombing that happened in Boston mm-hmm. last night. We'll talk more about it tomorrow, and I think ABC News will also have an update coming up in just a few minutes. We'll see what the investigators are saying. Thank you, Joan in Binghamton. This is Bob Joseph in Binghamton. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Bob Joseph reporting, the mission has been accomplished. 100% success, as I anticipated. Of course, a new mission will begin tomorrow morning, right after the 9 o'clock news. I encourage you to join us with the mission of making this world a better place. Hope you have a great afternoon. You're listening to News Radio WNBF Binghamton, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com.